Hi, and welcome to the Crit Hit Wild podcast, where we cover all things Marvel Crisis Protocol, and we do a new character every week. This week, we will be doing Professor X, and I'm your host, Fred. I'm Brad. And I'm Steven. And Brandon is going to be late. He's late to the record, so everyone light him up in the comments. All right, everyone. Uh, how, how are the two of you doing? How are you doing today, Steven? I'm doing pretty well, Fred. Thank you for asking. I'm glad to hear that. How are you, Brad? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Okay, that's good. Uh, I'm doing okay. It's it's been a it's been a week, but I'm I'm functional, and uh, I'm excited to talk to you guys about some of the stuff we're talking about today. So let's start with some news, and there's some big news that's come out. Uh, they have errated the current. Uh, the big bad of the meta, Cosmic Ghost Rider. And they've errated him pretty hard. Um, so, all right, let, I'll go through these step by step, uh, starting at the top of his card. Wait, wait, uh, the I, first just thing... want, oh. I just want to make sure listeners know that Cerebro has a Photoshopped card that is correct, has all his changes yes. on it. Brad <coughs> went to the trouble of fixing the card that uh amg was not even able to put out a card as quickly as brad did so You're thank welcome. you everyone say thank you to brad <laughs> okay so let's start at the top let's start at the first thing that they changed the first thing they changed is power cosmic penance stare now costs eight power instead of six that is a pretty steep improvement like a pretty state not improvement i shouldn't say that uh it is a steep increase to his cost because six was already pretty pretty costly and eight he's doing this probably once per game i don't know i, I might be wrong about that but i there was one uh there was a game that i played where he did this every turn <laughs> and it was devastating so that is much less likely now that it is eight power instead of six. Uh, thing number two that they changed, uh, Chains of Sidorak is now uh, only once per turn. I believe it used to be once per per character targeted. Is yes, that correct? That is correct. Okay. Yeah. So instead of being able to do that to a bunch of people, he's doing that to one person total. A big improvement. <laughs> Uh, and then probably the biggest change is they changed when he gets to roll for his power. Uh, in I'm the Spirit of Vengeance, uh, bearer of the power cosmic and just a bit unstable. Uh, it is during the cleanup phase that he rolls his five dice and gets the uh, crits, hits, and wilds as power. And why that's important is that he won't have that power at the start of the game. And he won't have an extra power from the power phase making it easier to keep the token. Yes. Yeah. Uh, another, so, another change they made, I don't know if you noticed this one, Fred, but he now gets the psychosis token when he dazes. Yes, I did see that. Uh, oh, okay. uh, yeah, uh, now he will get the the that is a, a small improvement is that when he is dazed, 
he comes back with the psychosis token. Yeah. So there were four erratas to his card. <laughs> Having played against Cosmic Ghost Rider, I've played against him a couple times, and he did feel really tough to go into. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm especially the first two turns. That's when yeah. things were oppressive. Especially like round two, <coughs> regularly he would be dazing at least one, if not two, characters. Yeah. On round two, which is just and he, awful. <laughs> he probably doesn't do that now. Very rarely. Yeah, because he will probably not have a psychosis token on round two. It's and, possible that he does, yeah, but it's much he, less likely. And he won't have very much power round two either. Yeah, yeah. And he He's didn't. Not gonna... He didn't teleport three turn one. Right. <laughs> right. It, it it seems like um, the condition of stun is very important to put on him. Also, it was oh, before yeah. two. It's just more devastating now than it was. Yeah. Before. Exactly. Yeah. We'll get yeah. to that later. All right. So those are the erratas that were put out for Cosmic Ghost Rider. And uh I I I was not playing Cosmic Ghost Rider. Um so it's not really hitting me hard. Uh, I there are the folks who were playing it in uh Guardians of the Galaxy uh Oh well, you still just have the best team in the game backing him up. So <laughs> I don't feel too bad for them. But and, the, he and was... it's the, still the best place to play him. Yeah, it still is the best place to play him. Um, do you think uh, there were there must have been people playing him in Black Order, and they probably are a little butthurt about this, probably but... understandably. Yeah. So I, I I understand being frustrated that that this this new toy has been not taken off the table, but has been a little bit reduced in its power. But it's probably for the best of the game. <laughs> this guy was a little bit too good at six points. It, it led to bad play experience, I should say, when when you have two members of your team dazed round two before you activate by this guy. Well, unfortunately, um, he's been popping up in humans quite a bit. So. Oh, he has? Yeah, because they give him power. Yeah. Yeah. And he probably will still be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This... He's still good. This is, it's the Malekith thing. Like, he's still good. Yeah. It's just he will likely not get, um, not get splashed near as much. And... He will. He's definitely been reduced in power. So, yeah. Uh, when Brandon gets here, I, I, I'll. I'd like his take on it as well. But uh, my guess is that he's not going to like this. I might be wrong about that. We'll see. Uh, there are a couple other things, a couple other pieces of news that we need to go over. Uh, there were some new tactics cards that dropped for uh, Shadow Cat and for 
I guess magic. Shadow cat, uh, magic, and Ice Man and Emma Frost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so um, do you want me to read the first? Uh, the first one is Faithful Companion. So this is an unaffiliated reactive card. Uh, when an allied shadow cat or magic is dealt damage by an enemy attack or superpower, after the attack is resolved, she may play this card. The character that played this card immediately makes the attack listed above, targeting the enemy character that dealt her damage. And the attack is called Guardian Dragon. It is range blank, uh, five damage, and zero cost. Uh, oh, I should say five dice and zero cost. Uh, and this attack ignores range and line of sight, and it causes wild incinerate. So w what do you guys think about this? Because my first impression is that this is absolutely awesome. I think this is great. Um, or either one of them. It's it's a cool card, but you can only take five to a game. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, how, how often does magic just get like tagged and taken out uh more than her... i'd like yeah because people see her as being a weak target that can't really hit back and this at least is gonna have to make your opponent he think about here's it. the problem if she does get one shot you can't play the card well that's true she has to but take uh, damage and survive sometimes she gets two shot like someone attacks true. and then attacks again true so well yeah I believe this card becomes more valuable if you run both Shadow Cat and Magic in your squad. Kind of like if you run Luke Cage and Iron Fist in your squad, Eris for Hire becomes a little bit more valuable because you have two instances to play. Yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. Uh, I I think this is if you are playing both of them in your squad, you are taking this card. I think there's no question. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't play X-Men, and I know they have a lot of very good cards. They have a so, lot uh, guess... of very good cards, Fred. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brad, why don't you weigh in here? Like, I, I guess you have already. You've yes. said that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's well, a good card. It's just, like, number, I don't know, 10. Of the five cards you would take. Yeah, okay. It's sort of like exceptional healing. If you have one healing factor character, you probably don't take exceptional healing. It's when you get two or three. Like I said, the more people that can use it, obviously, the more valuable it becomes. So yeah. you just have to weigh that difference. All right, well, uh, well, that's that power. Um, does someone else want to read Hold Still? I'm g getting it right now. Okay. Hold still. Hold still. All right. It is an unaffiliated. It is an active, and it is an action. Shadowcat may spend three power to play this card. Choose an enemy character within three of Shadowcat. Place Shadowcat within one of the chosen enemy character. Shadowcat makes the attack shown above, targeting the chosen character. And this is uh, an energy attack called Phase Disruption. It has a range of one. Strength is six. Power cost is zero. 
On a wild, it causes nerve damage. Before damage is dealt, the target character drops all objective tokens it is holding. And then on a double wild, it has the shifted power. After this attack is resolved, place the target character within one of this character. Okay. Uh, so I think that Shadow Cat is great as a character. What do you guys think about this? What, uh, like, I think it's very good because it lets her, I, you need to get a wild trigger, but it lets her play a game that the web warriors love to play, which is, haha, you're not holding your objective tokens anymore. And if you get a double wild, you can place them as far away as you can. And I guess with it, uh, you can swap their location against you and then run the other direction. If with a second action, right? Well, like um, after you pick up their objectives, this card is decent. I mean, it's action compression, right? It's basically a place in an attack all in one, mm -hmm. which so. is something she has built in. Yeah, right. she's is already that... doing this. Uh, the the Web Warriors comparison was very good because Miles does everything this card does only easier he has a drop the objective tokens that's automatic he has a throw on his attack that is a single wild like listen I, you're not wrong miles this, is fantastic this card or... <laughs> this card's bad okay okay it's a 50 50 to get them to drop their objective card and very unlikely to get the place. On six dice, getting one wild is a 50-50? It's pretty close. It's like 55 or 60%. It's pretty close to okay. a 50-50. Okay. Uh, and it costs three, and it takes a card spot. Okay. Uh, this uh, Do you think this is going to fall into a lot of the attack cards? Yeah, it's it not going to get played. It's, it's just bad. not going to get played. It's bad. Okay, I I I don't disagree. I think that there's <coughs> it, in a game where you have to really figure out exactly what tactics cards you're gonna take because you can only take five. Yes. One that is very, it's not a guaranteed drop. No. Won't have if, uh, as good of a place. If it were a guaranteed drop, do you think it would be? If it was a guaranteed I mean, drop and the shifted was a single wild, I think it would get played. Okay. I think if okay. they take a wild off of each of those, it would absolutely get played. But the, as written, it's bad. Well, all right then. I think that uh, I don't disagree. I think that I'll, I'll we, we can simply move on. Okay. Uh, the so there is another card called Mind Wipe, but that is one for Professor X, and we are going to talk about that later in the pod. Uh, and then the last one is called Untapped Potential. Hey, Brad, why don't you read this one? This one's unaffiliated, active. If it's Iceman's activation, Emma Frost may play this card. During this activation, uh, superpowers and attacks used by Iceman may spend power from either Iceman or Emma Frost. 
Attacks made by Iceman, this activation add one die to their attack rolls. Additionally, during this activation, Iceman may use superpowers on a stat card any number of times, even if they say they can be used once per turn. Okay. All right, so what are your thoughts on this guy? This one right here. Mine? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, listen, you're the person who plays these people. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I I love that they made this card because it's an iconic moment from the comics where Emma Frost takes over uh, Iceman's body and does things with his superpowers that he never could do. Uh, it's also not a bad effect. It's a, if nothing else, it's a card for free that gives him an extra die on all his attacks. Yeah, I was going to say cards, that's awesome. Yeah, cards that give extra dice on attacks are pretty decent. It also mm -hmm. lets you pull from two pools of power to do it. And I don't know that the multiple superpowers really matters. Yeah, that's that one's a little weird. I I guess that's more of to move that's more of a flavor thing. I mean, you could I slide a bunch of people, or you could yeah. freeze and fade his hit and run. You could do that twice, which that's yeah. pretty good. And you can actually, if you have enough power, you could I slide off of both of those moves too. But it's just, I don't know how, how much that's going to come up, but it's fun. Yeah, I, I feel like this card has a lot of play. Uh, just because of the the dice improvement, I think that this is most likely to get played if Iceman is in Hellf not affiliated, but if people play Iceman in it in Hellfire. Mm -hmm. I think it could get played, or people who just really like playing Emma Frost and Iceman in X Men. Um, okay, she is. I, I think there's. Oh, sorry, go ahead. And Emma Frost is like, I don't know, the fifth, fourth thread I reach for. So, <laughs> I don't know because about that. The, the most stacked li uh, list of characters that, that you can possibly have. No, They're that's just the most. That's the Avengers, but the X-Men are pretty close behind them. Yeah, they're second. They're pretty, but, uh, they've got a pretty good uh, list now. An important rules clarification with this card both uh, Emma Frost needs to be not dazed in order to use it. Yes. Because it specifies that Emma Frost is the one who plays the card Correct. during Iceman's activation. It's it's also relevant that uh she needs to not be in diamond form. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about because that. Because she can't play tactics cards when she's in diamond form. Yep. Yep, and if she's uh, if she's holding a hammer, would she have to pay one? She'd or have does to, that just she would have to pay one? Yep, yep. All right. Well, uh, those are the new tactics cards that we will uh, that we're covering right now. We're going to cover mind wipe later. Uh, I I I like. Uh, I we we were just saying how two of them are not good. I think that they're. I like that they're just putting out cards for 
that have attacks on them for Shadow Cat. Uh, I think Shadow Cat. Oh. They they are they're fun fun game fun cards to play with your friends, not at a tournament. Yeah, they're very thematic. They are very yeah. thematic. All right. Well, um, so those are, that's the news we have from AMG uh, so far. Uh, we need to talk about uh, tournaments that are coming up. Uh, there is a tournament coming up this Saturday. That is Saturday, February the 17th in South Charleston. I will unfortunately not be able to attend. I'm going to be out of town. But uh, I know Brad will be here. I'll be there. So anyone who wants to get some games in against Brad, come on down. And hope, his ass. And hopefully other people. Yeah, hopefully some more, some other people are going to show up. Uh, on the 24th of February is a tournament at Fabricator's Forge in Pittsburgh. That's always a good time. So everyone should, if you're nearby, should head over there. And then coming up in the near future at, on March 9th, there is going to be a tournament at Missing Falls Brewery in Akron, Ohio. So uh, I do plan to be there at that one, as does Brad, as does Brandon. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 several other folks are planning I, to be there. I think um, you're going, Stephen, right? Maybe. Oh, that's very that's very touchy because okay. uh, I'm I'm leaving for work and I'll be getting home maybe around that time. Okay. Uh, so we'll see. I know so that. We'll the basically the whole Charleston crew is going to be there. Um, as Fred said, Fred, Brandon, and I are going to be there. Borker will be there. Jared, I think, as of Thursday, is going to be there. Um, basic, basically, all the people who show up weekly mm -hmm. to the game night. Yeah, a lot of uh, the Cleveland crew showing up too because it's only 30 minutes away. So. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a that's nice. It's a much further drive for us. And I know. <laughs> uh, and there's several Pittsburgh people signed up as well. Yeah. So it's going to be a party. Yeah. Uh it do you, is are there slots still open? Do you know? I, I believe so. Okay. Uh, sl uh it does cost $40 entry fee. Uh and but that gets you a pass to the lunch buffet and a drink ticket. Uh, and this this tournament requires that you be fully painted. So keep that in mind when you're building your roster. Uh, and that is it for upcoming tournaments that I know of so far. So um, let's move on yeah. to games that we've played recently. So I played several games on Thursday. I played two games, and they were both against Brad. Yes. Brad, do you have do you have games uh, that are against anyone other than me? Yes, I do. Go ahead and okay. talk about okay. it, Brad. All right. Uh, so I played two games against Brad. I was playing my Spider Foes list, and Brad was playing X Men in both of them. Uh, in the first game, I played. Uh, it was Sword Base and uh, I think Spider Infected. And I was playing with uh, Ghost Rider as as a an unaffiliated five, 
in my list. Uh, and Brad was playing with Jean Grey. I did. And, uh, a crazy choice. And even more crazy, Brad crushed me in this game. <laughs> like, uh, he just got ahead on scenario, and I could not stop him from running away with the game. It, he just stayed ahead on scenario and what? was kicking my butt otherwise also like uh, what you, was uh, the what happened first turn that was pretty cool yeah uh, round one lizard gets dazed because uh gene gray uh lizard moves up and takes the center point takes the center uh spider infected uh then gene gray moves him into my own sinister trap and then he is moved even closer to uh, his lines, and all of his people just beat him to death. So Lizard got uh, taken out and was essentially not in the game from that point forward yeah. because uh, he, after getting taken out, he then the next round got pushed all the way to the side just by sword base and by... Um, other uh, other situations, I forget exactly. It's what happened, probably Cyclops. Yeah, probably Cyclops. You probably got to push off on him. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> uh, uh, G. Gray then, also got dazed first turn, but yes, she did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and I should say that I did uh, KO Jean Gray in this game. I don't think Jean Gray did a whole lot, honestly. After that first turn, not really. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she uh, she like threw your um, your Ghost Rider around a little bit. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our second game, it was it seems like it's exactly the opposite of our first game. Um, as in, I got ahead on scenario early, and I stayed ahead on scenario the entire game. Uh, it's because it I didn't was, play Jean Grey. Because you didn't play Jean Grey. <laughs> um, the notable takeaways from this game: uh, Black Cat versus Iceman is a hilarious fight. They basically just slapped each other; couldn't take each other out at all. <laughs> yeah. uh, this this one was much more in my favor because uh, it was way more spread out. This was uh, instead of being sword base, it was infinity formula no mutant Mad and oh it was mutant madman i i knew it was a b yeah uh it was mutant madman which is which i feel like i'm better into and what it means is that all the fights and there were fights happening at every point of the b so we we both had people deep in enemy territory uh and I feel like spider foes just out uh, or are just tough enough to survive that kind of fight and then throw X-Men away. As long as you're not ganging up on specific ones. And so I just was able to tough out the his attacks and survive the fight and won the game on scenario. And those were the two games that I played. Uh, Steven. Yes. Have you played any games recently? Well, I actually played in the Sweets and Geeks tournament yesterday. 
Oh, so. you did. How yes. did that go? It went pretty well. Uh, I went two and one in that uh, in that situation. Uh, last okay. on the last table um, to Gilberto. Um, I was playing uh, New Steve Avengers, and I was having a good time with it. Um, first person I played was a gentleman named Matt who came all the way up from Columbus. Actually, uh, we had a very good game. Um, playing Montessi and Deadly Meteors. Uh, played at 17. He ran Red Skull 1, Loki, Killmonger, and MODOK. I ran Steve, First Avenger, Scarlet Witch, Cable, and Sam. And I ended up winning that game 17-6. Uh, to 6. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. That list you brought is awesome, I want to say. <laughs> you like that yeah. list? Yeah, I do. Uh, Scarlet Witch and Cable in the same list is tall and really hitty. Yeah, um, Witch is a good counter for Modoc. So, yeah. Um, then I played Cody, who's one of our locals up here that I play with at Recess Games. Um, we are on Montessi again and Sword Base, uh, playing at eighteen. Um, he was playing Red Skull 1 again. Um, Sabretooth, Venom, Killmonger, the Usurper, and Bob. I was playing Steve, Cable, Hawkeye, Deadpool, and Sam Wilson. And I took this game 17-4. to 4. Oh, wow. You're doing great so far. <laughs> well, until I ended up going against Gilberto. And then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, in the last game, I played Gilberto. Uh, we were on Skrulls and Gamma, and I hate Gamma. I just don't know what to do with Gamma. Yeah. I, for, for some reason, I just... I don't know. I just don't like it. Um, but he was playing Hellfire, so he had Emma Frost, Hulkbuster, Ultron, Metal, um, Metal Tyrant, Lizard, and Wong. I went with Steve, my Hulkbuster, Scarlet Witch, and Cable. Uh, Gilberto won 18 to 8. Um, just for whatever reason, I I don't know. Uh, he he had some good plays, and I, I wasn't paying attention to the scenario, and it got away from me. So uh, both our Hulkbusters went down. So, yeah. <laughs> um, that, that was kind of a, a slap fight there. But yeah. um, Ultron did a lot of work. Uh, Cable did not. <laughs> So that's what it came down to. Okay. And then, and then I didn't put Witch forward into the fight when, which I probably should have done. Uh, and then Steve got taken off the table. So things kind of went downhill from there. So Gilberto played a good game. Um, and he ended up winning and I came in second. So, all right. So there we are. Uh, in your second game, you played against uh, Killmonger Usurper. Mm-hmm. How, did, how did he do? How did Killmonger uh, Usurper do? I did not get to see him do anything because uh, I scored the game out uh, in round three. Okay. So he didn't really even get to do what no. he wanted to do. Yeah, because um, it, it was just one of those things I didn't I didn't see a whole lot because, um, like I said, I, uh, I picked on Sabretooth quite a bit. Uh, 
and then Cable, you know, was holding down Venom pretty well. Um, uh, Sam did a shield throw and was, you know, knocking other people off because they were only size two. Um, mm-hmm. Bob, Bob tried to, you know, his little rocket, his excessive violence, and um, I think he was hitting Steve. Not really sure, but he only did one damage. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I up Steve's defense and then cable up Steve's defense also. I was rolling. Oh, okay. I was rolling eight dice against that attack. So, okay. That, then that makes sense. Right. All right. Uh, cable with Steve and Sam, it's, uh, it's a pretty good combo for defense. Yeah, I can imagine. So, but, um, no, unfortunately, I didn't see uh, Killmonger or Surfer do anything. Like I said, because I scored the game out. And, um, you know, Cody's like, well, that's why I picked him because um, Venom, Sabretooth, and Killmonger, they all have those attack backs. So yep. It's but, the theme that he was going for. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, with Red Skull, that makes sense because then you would get power, obviously from your attack mm-hmm. backs and be able to do more later. But like I said, I, I score that game out really, really quick. So, all right. Well, um, Oh, by the way, by the way, if you guys ever have a chance to come up here to sweets and geeks for a tournament, I would suggest it. This is remember the old lumber yards, right? They had this huge building. No um, old lumber. Oh, wait, you mean in just, the concept of an old lumber yard yeah you know because okay. you i thought you were talking about a specific place and i was like no <laughs> no no like when i was young we used to go to carter lumber right and it was this huge warehouse and then they had all the wood in the back right and then you would get that for your projects at home this is a converted lumber warehouse it is huge there really? are candies there are confections there's a soda fountain there's a gaming area there's uh any kind of candy that you can think of they have it's they have legos <laughs> they have um they have over two thousand funkos i mean it's just it's an amazing place to tell you the truth so it sounds awesome yeah i actually had a um orange creamsicle soda which was quite refreshing Wow. Okay. Uh, I I need to go there at some point. It sounds great. Yeah. Well, if you um, do, let me know, and I'll guide you. Okay, I will. Uh, so Brandon has joined us, everyone. He is here, in theory. Uh, Am I though? Am I? Yeah, there he is. I just try to be sneaky sometimes. Brad always catches me. I, I, I'm looking at the screen. <laughs> I can see who's in this group. Uh, well, uh, Brandon, uh, I'm going to let Brad talk. Brad, uh, yeah. what are some games that you've played recently? So after I played my two games against Fred, I played a game against Borka. He was playing Guardians. We played 20 points. Um, he played Cosmic Ghost Rider, Peter Quill, and some other stuff. Uh... <laughs> I played Xavier as my leader Ooh. with Ooh. 
uh, Psylocke and Bishop and other other stuff. Um, but it was it was changed uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider, and uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider got stunned from the Guardians card where you roll. Ooh. And Borka kept forgetting to play the card to clear conditions, which would have only cleared the stun. And uh, and I took advantage of that and was very careful about attacking him. And so um, I lost all... All my people got days like, turn two. And then after that, I started attritioning back well enough to uh, bring the game around. Cosmic Ghost Rider had the Psychosis token turn one and no other turn of the game because uh, of stun. And eventually, uh, I don't remember what character it was, but Borka rolled like a nine die attack into somebody and didn't do any damage and then he's like okay let's well, get late let's just get out of here yeah um so, so he so it was a scoop yeah uh Xavier's leadership oh, wow. didn't really come up that game either weirdly mm, okay yeah and then uh last night I played a game of Guild Ball Against, yeah. <laughs> against Michael, and I played Shepherds, and he played Masons, and I remember now how hard Guild Ball is to play, and it cemented that I do like MCP better. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, just watching you guys, I was watching how much you guys had to turn more gears in your brain yeah. than MCP needs. Like, yeah. you were w having to think so much more about every single move that you made. Yeah. It's a hard did, game to uh, did, play. It is a hard game. Uh, did Michael win? Michael ended up winning. I yeah. I scored a goal. He scored a goal. When I kicked it back out, the scatter went bad, preventing me from scoring again. And then he did a takeout, a goal, and then he got another. And then I got a goal, and then he got another goal. So it ended up being 14 to 8. Oh, dang. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it would have, if the scatter had been better after he made his goal, like, I would have been ahead on points, and the game could have shook out differently. But he had my captain completely surrounded by people at one point. Yeah. Which is not a good place to be. But that's it. Okay. Uh, all right. Brandon. Uh, thing one. I'm gonna I'm gonna toss it to you for for uh, games you played recently. After we talk about, I want to talk to you about the change to Cosmic Ghost Rider. Do you though? Do you really? Uh, well, I I want to give you the opportunity to to speak on it. Is what I should say. I may not want to hear your opinion, but I want to give you the opportunity to speak. So, um. What are what do you have to say on it? Um, I 
I think the internet got what the internet wanted, and they wanted to make this pl character borderline unplayable. And I think that's what this does. So, I, I, it's just my biggest thing is his spender is unusable. Like you're not gonna have the eight power to do it. Um, it's just now like a blank spot on the card. Um, everything else I was fine with. I, I just I don't understand the change to the spender because now he has one attack. Um. And the change of Sidorak should have only been one uh, once per turn. Like, that's fine. The no, no change to Cosmic Justice on wheels is also it's fine. I, I, I definitely like it better for the cleanup phase instead of the power phase. For the power, I think that makes it a little bit more fair. I think if that was the only change, I think it would have been fine. Um, I, I just think they over-tweaked. I think they just went too far. I don't see why you're going to... I don't see where you're going to play this model anymore from this point going forward. Like, he's okay. not going to be... He's not going to be splashed. Guardians aren't going to play him anymore. Um, it's really hard to play. Um, I think Guardians are still uh, going to play him. I don't think so, and neither does the rest of the internet, so... I, I don't see... You don't play him over Hulk anymore. Ever. So I, I just there there I think it's gonna go back to just the way it was before. I don't think you're gonna have a cosmic ghost rider in most lists, and I think guardians instead of playing cosmic Hulk and then Star Lord, you just play Beta Ray Bill, Hulk, um, Nebula, and then Star Lord as fifteen. And it's just as bad. It's not gonna change anything, I don't think. I just don't think this character's nearly as good. I think I just think they overtweaked. Okay, all right. Well, uh, that's that's a totally valid opinion. Uh, I I was I I did I lose my microphone again? No, we can hear you, Fred. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I I I feel as though the change to his spender. I, I get what you're saying that it it almost never gets played anymore. I think that it can still get played. I mean, he he still ge can generate a ton of power. Uh, it's ju it's just it's gonna be a slot machine kind of mechanic. If you can roll five successes on a cleanup phase or not, I don't know. I I I, I get the point that you were making. I think a more elegant solution would have been to keep the spender at a cost of six and then change his psychosis token to only work on attacks for skulls counting because, you know, for dodge and defense rolls, I don't, I don't think that's appropriate when you're psychotic. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, that's enough about cosmic ghost rider, Brandon. Uh, I'm going to toss it to you for games that you've played recently and I'm also going to give you the the um, the addendum to keep it under control, keep it a little short. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I played three, four, five. I played seven games this week. Yeah, 
Um, I played three games with Shield, two, and then four games with X Force. Um, the Shield games were good. I like the where the Shield list is. Um, I like where the X Force list is. Um, I, I think I went three and one with X Force and two and one with Shield this week. Um, maybe three and zero with Shield. I don't remember for sure, but I had a lot of fun playing a lot of games. I uh, learned a lot um, in the two lists um, that I played. So nothing super crazy to talk about or write home about this week. Okay, are are you gonna be playing X Force a lot more recently? Have they uh, got their their teeth in you? Uh, yeah, I, I liked them before the changes. Cable's really good now. Um, I've been playing with Bishop. So Cable and Bishop and Psylocke has been pretty much the root of everything I've been playing. I've played most of my games at 17. So I've, I think I've played four games. I've played 17, seven, I guess two at 17, one at 15, one at 19. Um, the two at 17, I played the same list. It was Cable, Colossus, Psylocke, Bishop. Um, at 15, I played Cable, Bishop, Deadpool, Domino. And then at 19, I played Cable, Bishop, Psylocke, Deadpool, Domino. All right. So it feels good. They they feel really good. I've been mostly testing like tactics cards um, and making sure like filling out those. I think the I think the roster is good. Me and Brad talked about it a little bit last night. I think the roster is about exactly where I want it. And then the tactics cards. Um, I was testing out some to see if they were good enough. One is just a personal favorite, but I'll probably end up cutting it. Um, and then I like where it's at outside of that. All right. Uh, and is that all that you have to say on, uh, on games you played recently? Yeah, that's, I don't, I, I don't remember. So I played the games on Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. I don't remember much about the games I played on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then I remember my game Saturday, but it's not. The first game I lost, I played Borka, and the first game I lost was bad. And then the second game was kind of dicey um, in my favor. So, All right. Uh, well, uh, let's move on to the guy that we are here to talk about today. Uh, and that is Professor X, otherwise known as Charles Xavier. Uh, his defensive stats are 2 physical, 2 energy, and 6 mystic. Uh, he has 6 health on his front side, but only 5 on his back. Uh, he is a threat value of 4, size 2, and his movement speed is medium. Hey Brad, why don't you talk about his attack suite? Alright, they are all mystic. The first one is no cost, range 4, 5 dice, gain power equal damage doubt, and wild root. His second one is cost 1, range 3, 6 dice, and uh, after attack is resolved, if it dealt damage, you can advance the target at speed. And then his last attack is 3 cost, range 3, 4 dice, but you add dice equal to the target's 
Mystic Defense, and the target cannot reroll or modify dice in its defense roll for the attack. Okay. Um, Brandon, why don't you do the first two, uh, uh, his affiliation leadership and his reactive superpower. He has a affiliation leadership for the Uncanny X-Men called Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters. Once per turn, when an allied character spends one or more power to use a superpower, after the effect is resolved, another allied character may gain one power. And then a reactive superpower called Professor's Guidance. It has a power cost of X. When another allied character within four is attacking or defending, during the modified dice step of the attack, this character may spend one, two, three power. To use a superpower, for each power spent, the allied attacking or defending character may reroll one of its dice. This superpower can only be used once per turn. Okay, and Steven, why don't you finish this out? All right, we have uh, two innate superpowers. The first one being telepathic lock. When an enemy character targets this character with an attack, it may use its mystic defense regardless of the attack type unless the attacker pays two power. And then omega level telepath. This character cannot be pushed or advanced by effects of mystic attacks or enemy superpowers. Okay, uh, so that is what's on his card. Um, there is a tactics card, uh, l but let's talk about what's on his card first. Um, Brad, you've put him on the table. So what is what is your takeaway here on what, what he's go got going on? He is very power-starved. Uh, uh, yeah. Professor's Guidance is great. It's been on several characters. Uh, and he never seems to have enough power. In fact, um, his leadership, it, it feels like I'm giving him power most of the time. Not I was going to say... Not like, my other models. Yeah, it feels <laughs> like his leadership is there to power him up. Yeah. That's what it's there for. And mental suggestion uh, is so good that yes. he's not getting power off of his attacks. Right. Yeah. It, he will be doing mental suggestion whenever there's an enemy within range three. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you think... What was um, Astral Duel? Do you ever want to use that uh what what are your thoughts on astral duel uh only if they have re-rolls or modifies okay i think that's the only time you would use it is to turn that off yeah yeah because i mean uh can I, I feel like there's a little bit of score energy with that attack where it's better the better your opponent's defense is like that, the more it, dice it you get, kinda, yeah, yeah, it, it seems kind of dumb. <laughs> like I, I it's it's I great against someone like it's actually great against someone like X twenty three, who has a reroll, and only has two Mystic defense, so yeah. it's a six versus two, and she doesn't get a reroll that she normally gets. It'd be great into um, Craven the Hunter, who has three Mystic defense. So it'd be a seven in, into three, and he wouldn't get his reroll. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. 
Uh, also, Rue is great, but once again, you're hardly ever doing that attack. Uh, and I'd uh, also like to, to state uh, with Astral Duel, it also turns off uh, cover, right? Because It does turn off dice. cover. Yeah. So it, it, it might have play into um, that one. Uh, superpowered scoundrels. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, into superpowered scoundrels. Okay. Uh, it, uh, so <laughs> I think that you're right. Like, he, he's power starved. A, I, I was uh, expecting Omega level telepath to also have he's, he gets an additional power during the power phase. Or something uh, like that. It'd be nice if he had two extra like Gene. But Gene is yeah. a five-pointer. <laughs> so one extra would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, Steven, what, what's your take just looking at this guy? Uh, I don't think you would take him against Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, Magneto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is very susceptible to uh, things being thrown at him. He is. Oh yeah, you're he right. He is. So and they got two physical defense. <laughs> they have throws for days. So I mean, he he's he's very matchup dependent. I would say that, but you could say that about ninety percent of the characters in the game, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But um, yeah, that's if I were playing. Professor X, um, that's where I would be very cautious about. If I saw a Brotherhood player, I might have to, if I were playing X-Men, I might have to default to some other leadership and kind of leave him on the sideline. Or even um, Spider-Foes. I mean, Spider-Foes have throws on almost everyone. And... Well, I was I was using the most extreme example, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Uh, Brandon, what's your take here on, on Professor X? Uh, mental suggestions, the best thing on this card. Um, I mean, hard to agree. By a pretty large margin, I think. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I agree with Brad. I think um, when you're playing him, his leadership reads, when an allied character spends one or more power to use a superpower, after the effect is evolved, Professor X gains a power. <laughs> like, I, uh, I, I just no, feel like that's how it too. Like whenever he's doing his uh, yeah. reroll, yeah, when he, he put it out. that's when you put power on other people is when you pay for rerolls. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's just going to be tough for him to have that. Um, the telepathic lock is something I enjoy that characters have, but it never feels great to use. And like in this scenario, it feels a little bit worse. Like. With Evan, because I, I played Ebony Mall. I did play. I played a game with Brotherhood, or I played two games with Shield, and then one game with um, Black Order, because uh, I played Brotherhood, and that's where I was referencing here. Because uh, Ebony Mall has the exact same thing. The difference is Ebony Mall has four energy defense. Yeah. So the He's two energy like and two pillow. physical. Yeah, the two energy, two physical feels really bad. Mm-hmm. Um. It's the same thing that Brad I, brought up when we were talking about Mysterio, where I, I almost wish that it read I paid two uh -huh. to to 
make oh, them attack my mystic. That is that is would... far worse on Professor X. Yeah, yeah. because he has no power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, in the other theory, thing... it feels good, but not a uh, not in practicality with Professor. Well, the yeah. other. Yeah, the other thing with spoken mirrors. I mean, Professor X would probably hit the table. Because with Mysterio, he gets to use his mystic defense against um, against uh, collisions. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. If Professor X had that, he, I, I, I would estimate him a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think it's just. Uh, I, but root is really good. Like a range four or five die with a root is good. Um, like his attacks are fine. Um, he his has the first two attacks. Yeah, he has the worst leadership in X Men, but they have three leaderships, and I don't like any are particularly bad. Um, I think this is going to be a character um, that you play because you like him. Otherwise, I think he might just get kind of lost in the mix. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of my takeaway. Uh, I feel like he's uh, in a in a faction that contains Cyclops and Storm with two very strong leaderships. This leadership, though good, is not quite it's... good enough to justify taking a character that cannot be as in the fight as those two. Yeah, it is, a... it is yeah. way more reliable than Cyclops is on a worse model. Yes. He also has a very weird play where on turn one you can uh, medium base medium move him to the back like their back point, and they're probably not going to have the power to change the dice to not mystic. Huh? You mean just like sprinting to their point? Yeah. Okay. That's I mean, actually like, kind of fun. It's not, I mean it's something that you do with like Lizard and Beta Ray Bill yeah. all the time when you play those models. Like this is it's something that he has the ability to do, and it's kind of it's kind of funny because like you no don't see that coming that yeah no like that's the thing is like that's like the only play that i can see that's really kind of funny with him because it's like and then on turn one like even if they move an attack like they're not gonna have two power most likely to pay to not give you mystic you're so, right like they're probably just gonna get stonewalled and if they're moving and attacking they're probably not getting themselves like all the way onto the point so it's just kind of uh, I didn't think about that but... thing. The, the... I know where you would take him 100% of the time, though. Uh, you would take him against Convocation quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is good against Convocation. The problem with Brandon's plan is then turn two rolls around. And you got to boot Scoogie out of there. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to gotta hope he survives that first action, and you got to boot Scoogie out of there. You got to... Put it in reverse like Terry and get out of there. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this guy's card. Um, so there's, it, he has a tactics card that's associated with him uh, that's called Mind Wipe. It is uncanny oh. X-Men required. Uh, it is a reactive card. Uh, when another allied character is dazed or KO'd by an enemy attack or superpower... Professor X may spend three power to play this card. Professor X immediately makes the attack shown above, targeting the enemy character that made the attack. And the attack is called Enough. 
It is a mystic attack. It has, uh, well, um, we'll cover the range in just a second. Uh, it rolls attack dice three, and it has zero cost. Uh, the attack ignores range and line of sight. Uh, the target of this attack cannot be changed. And, and add dice to the attack equal to the damage dealt to the dazed or KO'd allied character. And if this attack deals damage, after the attack is resolved, the target character gains the activated token. And if the target character was active, its activation immediately ends. That's pretty good. <laughs> I don't... Uh, I think that that's all... Uh, it's, it's not a bad attack at all. Uh, this is how you make a uh, a good attack card. Yeah. I still don't think it's enough. You still don't think it's worth taking? No. Because <laughs> think about when people get dazed or KO'd. It's usually not uh, a one-hit. So right. you're not it's rolling a bunch of dice. One or one two... Damage. And it's uh -huh. often with the second attack. Mm -hmm. So you're rolling five dice to not let them do any superpowers after they've yeah. attacked. Yeah. Well, with a throw-happy meta with some of these characters, if they're throwing a size four at somebody, uh, I think this would be valuable because... Usually somebody like Beta Ray Bill or Hulk starts throwing big things at people, right? Yeah. I mean, so. that it would, but that's a gamble. Like, you got to mm -hmm. kind of know that's coming. You also have to have then that would, three power on Professor that would shut X. Him down. Right. Yeah. But that would shut him down. It would. Right away. Mm -hmm. It would. I think it's a, it's a really good attack into, like, Hulk that later, like, later in the game where they're, one-shotting people otherwise i'm not sure when you actually play this card yeah okay so uh i guess that's our take on professor x uh let's give this guy a letter grade um so i i think that he's got a pretty good leadership it's but it's not quite as good it's a better leadership than cyclops's uh I don't know how it compares to Storm's. I don't, uh, it's probably not, not quite. Storm's as well. leadership is still the best one. Yeah. Uh, I, th I think it's, it's, he just is not that great of a model. I, I, I wish that they put more stuff on him and made him threat five, made him a threat five leader, or put less stuff on him and made him a threat three. I just don't know how much place he's going to have at threat four. And and do you think you would ever take him when he's not the leader? No, because I don't. No, I like he. You are if he's if you're taking him, you're taking him under X Men affiliation as the leader. Uh, I'm giving him a C plus. That's what I'm going to give him. Uh, I'm going to toss it over to Brad because Brad has put him on the table. Uh, see, I was I was debating between a C plus and a B minus. I'm just gonna stick with your C plus. I think that's okay. a that's a pretty good place for him. Okay, uh, Stephen, what are you thinking? Uh, C minus. Okay, C minus. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. I just what did you just give Mysterio? What did you give Mysterio? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, I I honestly forget. I probably I was probably in that area because I think he's better than Mysterio, just because of the leadership. I, mean, I think he's better than Mysterio because, yeah, he, he Mysterio is only three points, and he has yeah. a reactive power that he can damage people with. So I mean, and he comes with a really really good um, tactics card. <laughs> All right, and Brandon, what are you gonna give Professor X? Um, mental suggestion does everything that X Men want to be doing. Uh, That's true. I think. And, but I, I agree with the fact, I don't know when you play this model. Um, I don't know if his, I, I'm on the fence also if his leadership's better than Cyclops's because I think you're almost always giving him the power. Um, I think, and I think Cyclops is such a better model. It definitely impacts it a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think he's a C plus, um. Just because I think the mental suggestion is that good. Um, mental suggestion is just super good. It's really, really... The only time I think you could play this character outside of taking his leadership is against um, Web Warriors. Um, advancing Gwen's and Black Cat's long can be like backbreaking to their activations. Especially okay. if you do something like move them long into range two of Iceman and give them slow. Yeah. Yeah, like, you Ooh. have so much stuff. Like, because you're doing... You have the ability to then do what they like to do, which is pull people off of points. And yeah. you can hit harder. Most of the X-Men hit harder than probably most of the Web Warriors. So even if you're pulling in, like I said, if you can pull into a Bobby getting free damage and slow... Um, you're going to be able to kind of just delete models. Um, it's situational, but I think there is some play in the specific scenario, like specific teams, and I think Web Warriors is one of them. Okay. And of course, Convocation. Yeah. yeah. But who's playing them? All right. Well, uh, that is our take on Professor X. Um, we're we're not blown away by him. I think that we're not blown away by this box just in general because he comes with Shadow King. Uh, Interesting facts: Shadow King gets two power per turn. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, this all right. Box well, cool that is... looking models. And that's about it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, Brad. I I shudder to ask you this question. Uh, how did you reduce the number of comics to a manageable number okay. that you brought? Here's the thing. Professor <laughs> X isn't the star of the comic very often. And sometimes those comics aren't great. So um, I did come up with three. And one of them is the best X-Men comic ever printed. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, but that's not where we're starting. We're starting with Uncanny X-Men 309. This is Scott Lobdell and John Romita Sr. This is during the 90s when X-Men was at its most popular. 
but not at its best. Uh, but this story is pretty good. I've already talked about an issue from the 80s where Magneto and Xavier team up to fight Baron Strucker right after World War II. And Professor X meets Gabby Holler, the mother of his child Legion. Uh, this is kind of a sequel of that. So this is a little further down the road. It's after Xavier has lost the use of his legs uh, by being crushed by a stone dropped on him by an alien named Lucifer. <laughs> okay. Uh, and he's depressed, wheelchair-bound, and he meets this woman named Amelia Vote, And uh, she starts taking care of him. And he cheers up, and he sees that life's still worth living, and they kind of fall in love and start dating, and uh, and then I'm I'm gonna stop there because you should just read the story. Uh, but as a little teaser, she eventually becomes one of Magneto's top generals. I have a. Um... Can you guys hear me? Yeah. My, the, my yeah, mic Fred. Okay. Yeah, we can uh, hear I you. A, I have a question here. Uh, uh-huh. Professor X, when did he have Legion? Was it before or after his accident? Before? I guess the question I'm asking is, do that dick work? Uh, so Legion was before. He, okay. <laughs> he, he did not know about Legion for a long time. But he definitely got her pregnant before. Uh, of all the questions Fred has ever interrupted yeah, with, I know that's the one. But that's the one. It it was kind of like Jared was back hosting the podcast. <laughs> Jared Jared's rubbing off on me. Yeah, we need a whole we need a whole episode on the box eating from Magneto. <laughs> we have one. I don't remember what episode that was, so I can't tell you guys to go back and listen to it. But we did talk about Magneto eating box because he's a hero. Um, <laughs> the next series, uh, this one is a series of comics that I want to uh, endorse, is called X Men Legacy, and it's issues two hundred eight through two nineteen by Mike Carey, and there were various artists that worked on this. So this is um, 208's the first issue called X-Men Legacy. It's a comic book that gets renamed. And what they are doing is they are... It's a vehicle to tell the history of Charles Xavier. So Bishop shoots Xavier in the head. And... no. Magneto's number one follower puts his mind back together. But there's pieces missing. So Xavier starts traveling the world, meeting with friends and foes throughout his history and relearning about his past. And as he does that, the readers are learning about some things that we did not know and some things we did. Um, so it is it is kind of a history of Xavier. So this is a really good series to read if you want to know about Xavier. Tell us his history. Okay. Uh, and then 
We get to uh, House of X and Powers of Ten. Ten is also an X in that series. Uh, Jonathan Hickman, Pepe Larraz, R.B. Silva, Mar- Marte Gracia. Uh, I may have recommended this before. I don't know who it would have been for, but I may have done that. But that doesn't matter. This is the best X-Men story ever written. And mine wow. and other people's opinion. Uh, okay. What it, makes it so good? It's it's a really good sci-fi story, um, unconnected to the X-Men. Like even if you don't know anything about X-Men, but it also does a very very good job of incorporating a lot of X-Men history. It also changes the status quo and a particular character in a very, very interesting way. Um, uh, it's, and it's, it's very, very well written. Um, but there is a, there's a podcast that ranks every X-Men story ever written three at a time. And it's number one on their list. So I'm not the only one saying this. Okay, uh, say the name of it again for uh, everyone who's listening. It's two series that are intertwined. House of X and Powers of Ten. That, that Ten and Powers of Ten is also an X, though. So it's House of X, Powers of X. Right, it's, it's yeah. House of X and Powers of X. Ten uh, is in the Roman numeral X. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just going to give you a little bit of one issue uh, that's... The whole series, Xavier is one of the driving forces. But um, in, in one part of one issue, Xavier sends a group of X-Men to infiltrate a Sentinel factory that is orbiting the sun. And they okay. they <laughs> destroy the Sentinel factory, but they all die in doing it. And it's, it's Cyclops and Wolverine and Nightcrawler. Like... It's big names. And Professor X vows that that's never going to happen again. And he has already set up a bunch of stuff to make sure that that happens. That no mutant is ever lost again. Uh, And I'm even going to spoil that because it's not even the biggest spoiler for the series. Uh, they have found a way to resurrect mutants. Oh God! Okay. <laughs> so they they bring back Cyclops and Nightcrawler and Wolverine and all of them. Um, now, when I first read that issue, I did not know that, uh, and it was like I cannot believe they just killed all these people, but. It's 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 very good. That's like the smallest spoiler in the whole thing, because there's just so much going on. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jared has read this. If he was here, he'd probably back me up that it's really good, but he's not. I'm I'm I mean I'm interested. It's it sounds really good. I have. If it's the best X Men that has ever been made. Uh, Fred, how about I bring you my copy? 
my hardbound copy to read. I'd I'd read it. Okay, I'll bring it Thursday. Okay. All right, that's all I got. Where do you think that uh, Professor X can really shine on X-Men? Um, <clears throat> so the easy answer is like any affiliation that can give him extra power. Um, I actually think I like him. I know you've mentioned it multiple times. You liked him against Convocation. I think I like him with Convocation. Um, giving out the rerolls. There's a little bit of crossover where you might be able to even play Uncanny um, mixed in with it. But I think just having the mental suggestion available plus um, the professor's guidance are the only things you're probably going to be using him for. I think he could really shine and help out um, fixing some stuff that Convocation's got going on. Okay. He, he definitely does the same stuff that Convocation does. And maybe is additive. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, the turn you play books, they can't pay <laughs> two to get around it for physical. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, and he's just bonkers with books, so... He gets, like, a free round kind of... Anytime where you can get away from it, it, it works out really well. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, I guess the only thing that's left is my non-sequitur recommendation. So um, I've spoken before on this podcast about my love of Star Trek. I mean, everyone here has heard me say, I, I think that Star Trek The Next Generation is the first show that I watched. Not like, I, of course, watched uh, other TV, but it's the first serialized show that I, I watched. And it's not even all that serialized, but still. Uh, I love Captain Picard. as uh, uh, I, I, He is my Star Trek captain. And so i am got to take this opportunity to bring up the movie. I, I, I do not say watch Star Trek The Next Generation. The first season has several real clunkers in it. I think the second episode is one of the worst episodes of Star Trek that has ever existed. So don't watch Star Trek The Next Generation. Instead, watch the movie Star Trek First Contact. This is the only good one that stars uh, Patrick Stewart as Jean-Luc Picard. None of the other movies that have him in it are good. There's uh, there's a rule with Star Trek movies where the even-numbered ones are good and the odd-numbered ones are bad. And the one exception is number 10, which is also bad. So <laughs> that means that there's only one good one uh, with Patrick Stewart in it. So watch Star Trek First Contact. That's it. That's all I've got. Thank you, everyone, for joining me today. Uh, and for learning more about Prof Professor X. And someone else talk. I feel like I'm the only You're person. Who... Doing great, Fred. Am I still? Okay. 
I was worried that I wasn't still connected. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I will see everybody next week. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>